Friends, grace, peace, and mercy to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who gave up the riches of heaven to come and walk this dusty earth. Amen. As I mentioned uh, just a few uh, minutes ago, today is a uh, second part of what Pastor Clark started last week. So it is same song, second verse, or as Paul Harvey used to say, this is the rest of the story. Yeah, you knew that. Yeah. So last week we heard about a wealthy young man. We don't know his name. Just that he was well provisioned and that he was a man of high moral standards. And he kept God's law. And he came up to Jesus and he said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit the earth? Scripture then says that Jesus looked at him and loved him, meaning he had compassion on him. Jesus didn't scold him or mock him. He saw good things in this young man, good deeds and good intentions. And Jesus probably said something like this. Now I'm going to try to do this in a Jewish accent, okay? Look, you're a good boy. You've done well. You've worked hard. You've done some good things. You've kept the law of Moses. You just need to do one more thing. Go give it all away. All that you have, give it to the poor. Then come follow me. And you know the rest of the story. The young man turned and walked away. He left disheartened because he had many things, much wealth, and he could not do what Jesus asked. You see, Jesus knew that in this man's heart, although he desperately wanted to do good, to follow the Lord, the Lord was not what was most important to him in his life. His possessions, his wealth, his prestige was more important. So important, he could not give them up and follow the creator God who was standing before him. The man turned and walked away knowing that what was valuable to him was not what was valuable to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but this verse always makes me a little squirmy <laughs> because I could very easily be that young man, I think. Maybe all of us could be because we could all place ourselves there in his sandals knowing that sometimes it's the things of this earth are more important to us than the things of God. Let's say it goes something like this. Lord, take me along with you. I'm ready to follow you full time. And Jesus says, sure, let's go. You've been a good kid. Just one thing before we go. Go home, look around, and give it all away. Quit your job. Give up your pension, your savings account, sell your clothes, your electronics, your car, give up your money and your house and all the things that are in there to the poor, then meet me back here. 
gulp. <laughs> I think many of us, most of us, would have trouble with that. Why? Because we're good at making things the most valuable thing in our life. We like our creature comforts, do we not? We don't want to rough it. They make us comfortable, secure. They make us feel good. And in this modern world, it doesn't take long to saturate yourself with an obscene amount of stuff. I have a pop quiz for you. Are you ready? Look at the picture. Does your garage look like this? Or like this? One more time. Does your garage look like this? Or like this? That's my garage and my storage shed, by the way. I took this last Friday off to clean up around the house, to get ready for winter, put up the garden hoses, the, the folding chairs, all that stuff, and make my annual trip to Goodwill where I took the stuff we don't need anymore or don't like anymore or don't want anymore away so that somebody else can take it to their house. It all started with our daughter nine years ago at a baby shower. The stuff just rained down and it's never gone away. What crazy lives we live when one of our problems is having too much stuff. Unfortunately, in this day and age, these things become our idols. In a sense, they become our God. Now, we may not worship them or pay homage to them or elevate them on altars, but we love them and we covet them and we take care of them. You know, an idol can be anything. Money, clothes, pets, homes, the stuff in them. I've heard it said, first we define our things and then our things define us. What becomes that thing that we spend our most time on, the thing that occupies our thoughts, that's what becomes our real idols. And they pull us away from God, who should be our true focus, honoring him, praising him, praying to him, loving him, and loving others as he loved us. Our gospel story. We hear Jesus tell this young man last week, Give it all away. Sell all your possessions. For it's more difficult for a rich man to enter heaven than a camel to pass through an eye of the needle. Now this amazed the disciples. Scripture tells us that. Twice it says they were amazed and then it says they were amazed and perplexed. What is he talking about? Giving it all away. By the way, Jesus, if rich people can't make it into heaven like this young man who's good and successful and law-abiding, then who? You see, wealth was revered in that society just like it is today. 
If you were wealthy, you must be living right. God has smiled upon you and given you everything you ever needed. So if a rich man can't make it into heaven, we're all doomed. And then Peter cries out, Jesus, what about us? What about us 12 who've given up everything to follow you? See, the disciples were a little squirmy too at this proclamation. But I think this lesson is going just as Jesus intended. He knew what the rich man was going to do, walk away. He knew that this was going to make the disciples uncomfortable. He knew that it was going to make some of us a little squirmy. And that's just the way he wanted it. You see, Jesus used this opportunity to teach his disciples And he says, there is nothing that you can do, Peter, to save yourself. For with man, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. In other words, it's not you, Peter. It's me. You can't save yourself. You can't purchase a ticket. You can't live a good enough life. You can't grease the skid so that you slide into heaven. You must depend upon Jesus. It's not about you. It's about him. You see, the disciples then, just like today, they knew that to be a success... To live comfortably, you had to work for it. You had to earn it. You had to work harder and harder and harder. So it makes sense that you have to do the same thing to get into heaven. You got to be good. You got to pay your taxes. You have to be wealthy. You have to buy your spot. But that's not how it works with Jesus. In his kingdom, you have to be Invited. He pays the price. He invites you in. It's the reason we follow him. It is our basic gospel message. I mentioned that Reformation is just around the corner, so I've been thinking a lot about Martin Luther. Martin Luther said it this way. It's in the first part of his large catechism. Your God, he says, is the thing you turn to in times of trouble. Your God is that thing in which you take refuge. Your God is that thing which brings you comfort, that which you rely on. That thing is your true God. So I ask you, What are your idols? What is the most important thing in your life? What's your airplane on a string? I can guarantee you it's not going to last forever. What is your focus outside of this beautiful place? What is it that you cling to for comfort? 
And how easy would it be for you to give it up if asked? Idols aren't just wealth. They're anything, any activity or something that you practice that dominates your life. Food, sports, exercise, vacations, travel, you name it. Work, guilty pleasures. The message from Jesus to this young man is caused fear. And it's stuck in the, in the hearts of his disciples as a warning, a decree. Don't make things of this world more important than the things of the next world. Of prayer, study, of kindness, forgiveness. Jesus' message is clear. Don't depend upon your own merits and accomplishments. Make time for him through scripture reading and good, hearty discussion about his doctrine. Make him and learning about him and following his ways the most important thing in your life. It's hard. I walk that same path. All right, a little fun. Who remembers this movie, City Slickers? Yeah? What's really neat about this movie is it was filmed here in New Mexico, above Santa Fe at Abiquiu. came out in the early 90s. It's a movie about these businessmen from big city, New York, Chicago, wherever, come to rural New Mexico to have that cowboy experience. And they realize during their time here that the simple life is more important than the materialism and the greed and the work that they are involved in at home. And in this movie, Curly, the rough and tough cowboy played by Jack Palance, addresses Billy Crystal, who plays Mitch. And he says, Mitch, there's one thing in life. You remember that? And it's your duty to find out what that one thing is. For Mitch, it was his family and his wife, his kids, and his dedication to them and his loyalty. So I ask you, Christian, what is your one thing? And does it line up with what Jesus says your one thing should be? You know, in life... We have many vocations from our youth to our age. Our calling is our vocation. First, we are called to be brothers and sisters and siblings and playmates and students. Then we're called to be workers and contributors and caregivers. We become leaders and followers. Our vocations ebb and flow throughout our lifetime. And they take us to many different places. We have many different experiences and along the way it's easy to get distracted and let your priorities and your accomplishments and your own doings and your material things turn you away from God. In the end, you realize you can't take it with you. 
you leave this world the same way you came into it, poor and naked. And if you had a penny, you don't have a pocket to put it in when you go into the next life. It is only by the mercy of our Creator God that we are saved. He sent His Son, who left the riches of heaven to come to this earth, to live and to love and then die a sacrificial life that we might gain everything, eternal life. The ultimate price suffered by him so that we wouldn't have to. So what's important in your life? What's really, really important? What is that thing Martin Luther said you cling to? And where is Jesus on your list of priorities? If it's not at the top, a serious inventory is due. When Peter asked Jesus, what about us, Lord? What about us who've given up everything? Jesus says plainly, everyone who follows me will be honored in heaven. Your riches, your expenses, your time with me will be 100-fold better in my kingdom. Follow the Lord. Honor the Lord. Praise the Lord. For in him, nothing is impossible. Amen.